This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Pressure 
No mahara mai, no mai hoki mai, kahukura rainbow whanau. You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz. Accessmedia.nz app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio and many more. You're tuned into the station and the show that celebrates us, the Glitfab Rainbow Fano. That's gay, lesbian, intersex, transgender, tagatapui, queer, mafafine, kaivine, bi, and all the fabulousness in between. And of course, outside of those scopes, because sometimes fluidity is where it's at. Lady H on your mic for your funky Friday. Love having you on board, Farno. A big flat out shout out to New Zealand on air without you. Radio stations like Free FM wouldn't be here. A big flat out shout out to Free FM without you. Flat out pride wouldn't be here. And last but not least, a big flat out shout out to you, you fabulous you, you. For tuning in every Friday to hear what's hot and happening on the show. And if you're podcasting, well, we love that too flat out coming up on your show we have some some fabulous for you we're going through of course what's hot and happening for your coming weekend in Aotearoa we touch on the recent happening in America the landmark win for marriage equality this is brought to you by Advocate Today and an interview with um, the rep for HRC or so that is fabulous. I want to do some acknowledgements for World AIDS Day, December the 1st, Farno. And I've got a snippet there to bring you from one of our very own community members. And first up, we've got Inside Out. That is the organisation uh, based in Auckland. And they're sharing the colours, or their colours. More than four is the kaupapa, and the snippets where I'm bringing you. First is about pronouns. Secondly, bisexual and pansexual, and Rainbow Pacifica. And of course, we've got those beats peppered through there. So that is our lineup for your fabulous flat-out show. Fridays at five, your free FM down. So let's get into the goodness, eh, Fano? Inside Out, we love how you're bringing the voices of our community that they be heard. This is what it's about, and Free FM absolutely supports that tagline. Tuya Ngareo Otehapuri, bringing together the voices of our community. Flat out, goodness coming your way. Pronouns are the words we use to refer to someone we're not using their name. Commonly used pronouns in the English language include he, him, they, them, and she, her. Pronouns in some other languages, such as te reo Māori, have gender neutral as the default, ia. Those of us who've been socialised to think of gender in a very binary way are often in the habit of using binary gendered language when referring to people because we've assumed that they are a man or woman based on their name, appearance or physical cues such as their voice. It makes me feel good <laughs> and it makes me feel respected um, and also makes, lets me know that people are actually um, perceiving me in a way that I want to be perceived. Yeah, just feeling really safe and respected and recognised. Um, people will often like happily change the pronouns that they use for someone's pet on the street. So when they do that for me as well, I'm like, cool, I'm at least on the same level as a dog. <laughs> it makes me feel good. Um, and I get the warm fuzzies. 
the best thing about people getting my pronouns right is it just kind of shows that they care about me and who I am as a person and that they're like genuinely trying to make an effort to like support me that they you know want to give me the space to be open about my identity you're going to get it wrong and that's okay um, and I promise you every time you get someone's pronouns right they will notice and it will mean something to them um, and you can also tell when someone's getting it wrong by accident and when they're getting it wrong on purpose or because they can't be bothered to try but just just practice tell yourself stories about this person um, you know talk about them to your friends like whatever you have to do to, to get that practice um, and don't be so scared of messing up that you don't try and do something lovely for someone else um, I would give advice for people who are adjusting to using new pronouns is don't gender strangers so like if you see somebody on a bus and you really like their jacket like say oh I really like that person's jacket rather than like assigning a gender to them and to their clothing because um, that makes it easier to sort of break down what you think is gendered and talking about them gender neutrally and then also when you start going to talk to people that you haven't talked to before you don't immediately go into it assuming what their gender is or how they like to be referred to. Uh, it can be really tough learning or adjusting new pronouns um, so like any other skill you kind of have to hone it um, but it's okay if you mess up all you have to do is apologize correct yourself don't make a big deal about it and try and do better sharing your pronouns especially if you're not trans can take some of the pressure off of trans people to explain their identity it also challenges that common assumption that pronouns are a trans thing um, most people have preferences for pronouns that they use regardless of their gender and remember, you can never know someone's pronouns until they tell you. I've had a lot of friends come up to me and be like, but like, are you actually a lesbian? Well, which one do you think you're going to end up with? Or they're like, would you ever actually be in a relationship with a girl? And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm bi. Being pansexual for me is meaning I love everyone. Me feeling that I'm both sexually and romantically attracted to a variety of genders, not just one. Being bisexual means to me that I like all genders. I like my own gender and I like other genders. There isn't necessarily a huge difference between bisexuality and pansexuality. Those terms can mean the same thing. It's all about your definition and what you identify as. You know, bi means two, and two doesn't necessarily mean male and female. Bi can mean same and other genders. I can be in a relationship with a bisexual person and they're not transphobic, they're not erasing my identity. They are just being bisexual and they're just attracted to me. It's completely valid as well about what you identify as. The reason I love being bisexual is it feels really nice to have a community of queerness that I can be a part of. I love the flag. The bi pride flag is so cool. It's got some it, that colour coordination. The reason I love being bisexual is that it challenges people all the time. I love like the variety of people I've been able to meet through it. Parties where just offhandedly mention it and they're like, wait, you're bi? I'm bi too. My gaydar is terrible, but I can always spot another bisexual in the crowd. Always.
being either pansexual or bisexual doesn't make your fidelity any less valid. In terms of being faithful to someone is to do with you as a person, not your sexuality. Some people assume I'm dangerous or I will sleep with everyone. <laughs> it's not just like a sexual thing for girls to like make out with other girls at parties. When we're at parties and we make out with other girls, it's because we want to make out with that girl. When people think of um, like bisexual women, they oftentimes feel that they're doing it for the attention of men. In regards to like bisexual men, I think very often people think it's just because they're scared to come out as gay. It's hard being bisexual because you don't feel like you fit into the straight sector of society, but at the same time, you have to fight so hard to be accepted in queer spaces. Oh, why don't you just pick a side? Sometimes I think it would be straight up easier if I identified as being gay. So some of the things that I wish people really wouldn't say, oh that's really hot, would you ever have a threesome? Which is not only none of their business, but also it's such a huge leap. Yeah, we've just met, you know, oh yeah, you like cats, oh yeah, would you also like a threesome? I would really like people to know that being bisexual doesn't mean necessarily that you are polyamorous, that a lot of bisexual people are monogamous, but not all of them. Bisexual guys aren't just actually gay guys who are in the closet, and bisexual women aren't just straight girls who like experimenting. It's not all about the man. Sexuality is like a spectrum, and that for the most part, people fall somewhere in between like fully heterosexual and fully homosexual. Like, that it's quite like a broad field and you can land anywhere on it and still identify yourself as being bisexual. You don't have to be 50-50. 10% attracted to women, 90% attracted to men and still identify yourself as bisexual. I would tell my younger bisexual self or anyone considering that they could be bisexual that you can be proud of that, that it is valid, that, that it's normal. Being queer or being bisexual is normal. recognized as unique members of society. Akabaine, Takatapui, Fakaleti, Fafafine. Then colonization came along and took that part of our history away from us. Now, some of our elders are almost quite hesitant, but they're only thinking that because of colonization. The reason why I love being a Fafafine it expresses my cultural identity because I can trace back in the history that date back way before the missionary and colonial rulers appeared on island. What I love about being brown queer, I enjoy so much of just the exposure of like putting myself out on stage. I'm a performing artist, but I do things to the extent of representing who I am 100%. Yeah, I think the thing about being diverse in sexuality and in ethnicity is that it comes with different obstacles you have to pass. And we're all conservative Pacific Islander families, they're not so open to it. And that's not something that's talked about so often. Often it is actually frowned upon and it's a difficult situation to be in. Being Samoan and bisexual means everything. It's not being easy, but just to say I'm, I'm glad that I've come out. In Samoan, we, you don't hear of the terms transgender or gay. Samoan people in Samoan classify us as Fafafina and they call us Fafafina. Being Pacifica and queer is always this moment where I believe that there are some penalties to it. It's also a gift. I can be this glamorous brown skin diva who owns the stage for the amount of time she has. Or I can be this dancer who just 
moves her body the way she feels because it's obviously embedded into me that I'm enriched with language and culture. That's how I move, that's how I portray myself. Being someone and bisexual, it's true there's no terminology for that. Just because there's no terminology for that in someone culture, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Because we are out here. What being Akavayane means to me is several things. The first one is who I am culturally. Because first and foremost, I take my culture with me everywhere I go. Secondly, it's an easy way for my Pacific community. Everyone has a role. You have the male's job, the female's job, and then you have the job of the akabaine. I think some of the hard things about being fafafine is social acceptancy. To me, the general statement that's been floating around that fafafine are accepted in Samoa, I believe they're actually tolerated. And that comes back to sort of the missionary and colonial rulers and how they have filtered Samoan people in Samoa. It's weird too because Samoans always have this thing of embracing the whawhawhine, but there has to be this one particular type of whawhawhine, which is the whole stay at home, cleans, does all the chores, um, looks up for the kids, like just domesticated and not this kind of whawhawhine that's like free and that's they're finding themselves and quite expressive with their wardrobe. That's probably the hard thing. Some of the hard things about being Samoan and bisexual, I would say I'm um, religious part and what I feel I put my family through. It's taken me a while to come out. I didn't want my family to get any backlash. My family's quite religious. They're really into the Christianity and Samoan culture. I just didn't want anything bad to happen to them. What I would say to the younger people is that there is help out there and there's other people. All you gotta do is just reach out and not be afraid because it may seem crazy at the time, but you got people that are there for you regardless. My education counters any criticism to being whawhawhine. Um, you must be educated, it is our weapon. I've been there and it's going to be a hard journey, but I kid you not, at the end, you will be one hell of an amazing person and you will walk down the middle of that road striding your stuff and owning it.
You're tuned back into the Fat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz. The accessmedia.nz app, tune in app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Yes, Lady H on your mic. That last beat there was Colours by Black Pumas. For me, it felt fitting to related to colours because we have multiple colours in our kahukura rainbow and that to me equates to the different um, identities that sit within those colours. One day someone might line those colours up to identities but I mean there's so many colours within our rainbow maybe we couldn't. Huyano, that is us. We have for you on the show What's hot and happening for your coming weekend? The Happening in America, the landmark win for a marriage equality, brought to you by Advocate Today. Um, and next we're going into World AIDS Day. So that was and always has been on December the 1st of every year. And in case you didn't know, the holiday was actually started back in 1988 by the United Nations to raise awareness across the world and in the community about HIV and AIDS. It is also a day for the community to show their support for people living with HIV and to commemorate people who have passed 
because of AIDS-related conditions or other conditions associated with HIV. I also want to add into, into there too our whānau that have passed because of hate-related crimes. HIV and AIDS-related illnesses have impacted the whānau for themselves individually, their own whānau and our community, but the backlash from them not being recognised as people or their lack of understanding about what that means, being HIV positive or having HIV and AIDS-related illnesses, meant there was stigma, there was violence, there was hate, and there have been deaths. So I just want to acknowledge all of our whānau that have passed, the pioneers that continued, that brought the, the truth to the front, that shared their stories, that lived their lives as their true authentic selves, um, and that passed because people didn't understand or hate crimes or any of those other mamai that occurred in our past, in our pasts. And what do we do in terms of our future? How do we ensure that our whānau are supported, that there's no repeat of past events, and that we minimise the mamai and we move us into a place of healing and growth and well-being? That is my little snippet, whānau. Um, but also I have another snippet for you. World AIDS Day theme is getting to zero. So this is one of our from one of our very own uh, community members. And and this is a snippet of their story. I made the choice, the conscious choice in 1992 to have unsafe sex in New York City, of all places in the world. As soon as I saw the doctor's face, I knew something was up because he looked at me and he said, look, come into my office, please sit down. And he goes, Jeff, I'm really sorry, but um, your results have come back positive. You're HIV positive. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because just the words HIV positive um, equals AIDS, which equals death. So I was in shock. My family turned around and said, well, how long have you got? You know, what, 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 have you got AIDS? Have you got HIV? What's the difference? What's going on? How can, if you get sick, how can we look after you? If, can you still hug the kids? Can we still hug you? Can we still love you? All these questions that families ask in this time, um, I had no answers for because at that time I knew nothing, very little about HIV. I knew if you had unprotected anal sex, that was the riskiest thing you could do, um, but I knew nothing else about it. So that's when I got educated. Straight away from day one, I knew that if I could stand up and speak as a New Zealand Māori, speak as a Cook Islands Māori, and, um, and tell my story about living with HIV, and if it's going to help someone to put on a condom when the next time they're going to have sex, then this is, all, this is all worth it. This is what I'm meant to do. And that was just a small snippet, whānau, from our very own Jeff Ruaini. And a lot of our whānau have so many different stories. And it's not just our, our tāne, our men who have sex with men. There's also women, there's also children, there's also our sex workers, those who take drugs. So this impacts on our whole community. And I just want to do an acknowledgement to our whānau because it has impacted and it has impacted for many years. And I want to send love, light, 
uh, out to all for those past present and for those in the future choose choose your options you have options and there are safe options you can choose condoms and lube are your safest form of protection uh, don't share needles get yourself checked regularly um, even yearly however often Fano, we all matter and all lives matter especially our kahukura whanau so kuna we're going to go now into a quick beat the song is breathe and this is by auntie so stay tuned we've got more coming up for you soon Here I am, overwhelmed by a gust of wind and hindering sins. Days by the waves to bring an end to all things washed on shores of youth. Swept away into the storm. Lightning strikes my stillborn soul I will never be enough What love could heal these open scars I'm trying to breathe in Why am I singing? I'm trying to breathe in What can I believe in? Seeking peace into the waves A crashing light draws in my gaze Shows me truth I can't ignore that there is life beyond the shore No more broken bottle cries No more shame will rule my life No more striving towards the tide Cause there is peace and paradise Finally breathing I'm no longer sinking I'm finally breathing This life I believe in
Nei mai, hara mai, nei mai hoki mai kahu kura Rainbow Farnau. You're tuned into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz, the accessmedia.nz app, tune in app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Flat Out. Lady H on your mic, Free Funky Friday. Yay. That last beat there was Breathe by Auntie. I felt it fitting after uh, our Kopapakoro, just in regards to World AIDS Day. Sometimes just to get through a day is to just breathe. So I felt it was very relevant. What's coming up for the rest of your show? It's what's hot and happening for your coming weekend in terms of events. Next up is Going Over to America, the landmark win for marriage equality. And this is brought to you by Advocate Today. Um, and they have a special interview too with the HRC rep. We'll go into a beat after that. Stand up by Latasha Lee. Stay tuned, Fano. This Kopapa is interesting and it's a movement within our world. Have a listen. History is made in Congress. The Senate passes the Landmark Respect for Marriage Act. We'll take a look at what's next for LGBTQ plus couples. Plus, human rights campaign president Kelly Robinson is here to talk about the significance of this bill. That's all ahead on Advocate Today. Welcome to Advocate Today. I'm Tracy E. Gilchrist. The Senate has passed the Respect for Marriage Act with bipartisan support. The vote passed 61 to 36. 61, the nays are 36. Uh, the bill, as amended, has passed. Mr. President, what a great day. What a great day. The purpose of the legislation is to protect marriage equality if the Supreme Court overturns the 2015 decision that legalized it. It also protects interracial marriage. While the measure doesn't prohibit states from banning those marriages, it would force them to recognize such marriages granted by other states. The bill now heads to the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives. Democrats hope to secure marriage rights before the GOP takes over the House in January. As you know, this is personal to me. In 2020, right, at the, right after the passing of Just, Just, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we were at a family dinner. And my daughter and her wife were distraught and asked me, could our marriage be undone? Today, a new day has come for them. In the, and in the new year, they'll be welcoming their first child, my third grandchild, God willing, in a few months. Um, with the passage of this bill, though, I think not just about them and the millions of Americans it'll impact, but about my future grandchild. That child will now grow up in a more accepting, inclusive and loving world, a world that will honor their mother's marriage and give it the dignity it deserves. The passage of the Respect for Marriage Act will provide more protections to ensure marriage equality, and it repeals the Discriminatory Defense of Marriage Act, which was passed in 1996. More than 71% of Americans support marriage equality, according to a recent Gallup poll. I spoke with human rights campaign president Kelly Robinson for more on the vote and what this means for the LGBTQ plus community. Hi, Kelly Robinson, president of human rights campaign. Thank you for being here with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we're here to talk about the Respect for Marriage Act and uh, which the Senate passed with bipartisan support. And I wonder, would you talk about what that means for 
LGBTQ plus and interracial couples. Absolutely. And I have to say, this is a win. It really does matter. My wife and I, we were in the Senate gallery during the final vote with our child. And this bill is about so much more than just a celebration or a wedding party. It's about ensuring that the millions of people, particularly LGBTQ plus people and folks who are in interracial marriages can know that our marriages are safe and secure no matter what the Supreme Court could determine to do. It ensures that we will still have access to the over 1,100 federal benefits that you receive as a married person. It ensures that our marriages are protected no matter what state you live in, and that matters. Yeah, absolutely that matters. And uh, so now it's off to the House for another vote and uh, to President Biden. What is the likelihood of the Respect for Marriage Act passing? Very high likelihood. We feel like we are in a great position on this. Um, initially, the bill passed the House with 47 Republicans supporting it, in addition to the Democrats. That is stronger bipartisan support than anything we've seen in recent times. Um, and it's because of that support that we were able to move it through the Senate in the way that we were. So we're feeling very optimistic about the passage of this bill. Fantastic. Thank you. And would you talk a little bit about what this bipartisan support means because this feels new, frankly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm also reminded that it was not only, not even 20 years ago, right, where the Congress actually tried to vote on an amendment to ban same-sex marriage. Right. And here we are, right, that was in 2004. Here we are not even 20 years later and marriage equality is about to be the law of the land. That matters and it's important. And it also didn't happen by accident. It happened because people were willing to share their stories. It happened because we changed hearts and minds. And now we're in a position where more than 70% of the country supports same-sex marriage and the policy is catching up to where the people already are. Yes, wonderful. And also this will uh, ensure that the Defense of Marriage Act is done, done and dusted, right? Uh, would you talk about how that works? That's right. It is a full-throated repudiation of the Defense of Marriage Act, which is very, very important to note. Um, because really, we were living in a world where the Supreme Court decision of Obergefell and Windsor were the things that were ensuring that we had the right to marriage in this country, regardless of who you love. Now, we're ensuring that that right is not only something that's been um, acknowledged by the Supreme Court, but is also codified into law. And look, this matters even more now. I feel like there's an increased urgency because we know that this year the Supreme Court overturned Roe, right? Uh, law that was in place for nearly 50 years that affirmed a person's ability to make the decisions that were right for themselves and their body ensured our uh, right to abortion access. When that was overturned, they even the Supreme Court, specifically Justice Clarence Thomas, said that he encouraged the court to also relook at the law, the precedent. Um, pieces of landmark decisions that affirm our right to marriage. That's why there was an urgency here to actually codify this into law. Yeah, it was a real wake up call for sure. Uh, the religious freedom piece of this act, would you talk a little bit about that? I mean, when I look at it, I'm, I'm wondering, does this mean that uh, religious institutions can discriminate against married LGBTQ plus and interracial couples? That's a great question. And I know folks are holding a lot of concern there. What I will say is that the Respect for Marriage Act, even with the amendment that has been offered, it maintains the status quo, right? And it ensures that if you have, have engaged in a legal wedding in the place that it occurred, that your marriage is going to be valid no matter what the Supreme Court does or what state that you happen to live within. That said, 
we still know that sometimes religious in institutions are actually able to discriminate against us in all kinds of ways. There's so much more work to be done, not only here on this law, but also as we look towards state fights where we can anticipate a lot, really a wave of anti-LGBTQ plus laws moving. Yeah, well, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, we've already seen many anti-LGBTQ plus laws uh, this past couple of years. Uh, you know, some that seek to erase our identities and uh, some that are incredibly harmful. Would you talk about the Respect for Marriage Act and this vote in that kind of larger timeline of, of what's been happening and, and what this vote means uh, in respect to the anti-LGBTQ plus laws that have been in the works? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's so important because even though this bill is historic and it's so important and meaningful for millions of people in this country, it also doesn't change the reality that so many LGBTQ plus people are living in states and communities where they are experiencing fear. We are experiencing a crisis. I mean, we just saw the violent attack at Club Q, right, just days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and we continue to see violent pro political rhetoric from politicians and, you know, political pundits like Tucker Carlson. And all of that is leading to real life violence in our lives. So I don't want to lose our communities are experiencing a crisis. Really, one of the places that we're looking at next to tackle this fight is at the state level. We've already seen states pre-file dozens of bills attacking trans youth, attacking the ability for folks to get age appropriate gender affirming care. This fight is far from over and we have to make sure we're looking directly at the states and particularly the actors and the people that are putting these bad bills forward. Thank you. And perhaps I'm putting the cart way before the horse, but in light of the Dobbs decision, I'm thinking about interracial and LGBTQ plus couples who are, you know, seeking to create a family or, you know, don't have bodily autonomy any longer. So what happens to those folks in states where um, their marriages are secure, but their bodily autonomy isn't? Man. You're just naming so many of the fights that are ahead of us. And the yeah. reality is with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we're in a world where people don't have like access state to state. Really, your health care is determined by what state you live in, sometimes how much money you have, right? That's not fair. It's unjust and it's immoral. That should be true for anyone that is looking at what's happening in front of us. So we have a lot of work to do. And it's clear to me that our fights are intertwined because at the end of the day, what our opposition is doing is they are attacking our very humanity. They're attacking our ability to love who we love, our ability to make decisions about our bodies and our families. That is a shared fight and one that we have to continue. And so much of it is taking place in state capitals all across the country. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I read something yesterday that did give me pause. I don't mean to be a, a Debbie Downer, uh, but I saw something where, um, so marriages that exist are safe. Uh, but there seems to be a loophole where the Supreme Court could um, take up overturning Obergefell. And so then perhaps in states where marriage is not protected, people could not get married. Is that correct? And if so, what is the fight there and how do we proceed? That's a great question. You know, the U.S. Congress has done everything within its power to protect marriage. A lot of folks don't know, but it's actually the U.S. Constitution that grants states and not Congress the right to determine who they will marry in that state. So yes, what the bill does is it protects marriages that are performed legally in the state of celebration. And then 
when you travel across state lines, when you travel, you know, across the country or go on a road trip, your marriage is legal and valid in every state that you travel to, which is critically important. But again, it is not the end of the story or the end of the fight. There is still more work to be done. Uh, well, Kelly Robinson, thank you very much for this discussion and your enlightening answers. Um, we will be in the fight with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again to Kelly for joining me. It's truly a historical measure. Visit theadvocatechannel.com for more content and coverage. The Advocate Channel is also available now wherever and however you stream. I'm Tracy E. Gilchrist. I'll see you next time. You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Live stream and podcast us. 
via freefm.org.nz, via the accessmedia.nz app, TuneIn app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Flat Out. That is us. That last beat there was Stand Up by Latasha Lee. Love that beat because I feel that vibe for sure, for sure. Hope you enjoyed the show, Farno. We're going now into what's hot and happening for your coming weekend here in Aotearoa. So happening now, Farno, is actually the field days. So that's 125 Mystery Creek Road in Ohopo. Get your tickets from tickets.fielddays.co.nz. Yes, it's for the whole weekend by the looks for a Wednesday the 30th to Saturday the 3rd. Yes, yes, yes and yes. Our Conscious Dance Aotearoa is also happening. That's at the Riverside Community NZ. So that's 289 Main Road, Lower Motere and Lower Motere in New Zealand. ConsciousDanceNZ.com to get your ticks. The Orewa Christmas Twilight Market is happening. Oh, it looks like it's an online event. Far no, public for anybody. Cool. It's got lots of talent and fun stuff for the whānau if you want to see online. Kumu Christmas at the Showgrounds. So that's Kumu Showgrounds in Auckland. Fun for the whole family. So it's a Christmas festival whānau. Nga Art Glow Up Exhibition Opening. That's happening at Te Whare Toi o Ngārua 18 Herschel Street in Ngārua Wahia whānau. The Weird and Wonderful World of Art, and it's created by local artists. So that's from 6 to 9 p.m., and it is free entry. Saturday Night Fever, and that's actually happening on Friday and Saturday. Uh, so Friday the 2nd, obviously, Saturday the 3rd, and December the 8th. Actually, there's quite a few times, Farno. There's 2 hours and 30 minutes. Get your tickets from iTicket.co.nz. It is it is a 70s throwback. Looks like a party to me. Saturday the 3rd of December, Point Chev Market, 20 Huia Road, Point Chev in Tamaki Makaurau, Auckland. The new sweet spot for your Saturday morning coffee, meets, greets and treats. Hamilton Extravaganza. So it's a Christmas market in the park at the Western Community Centre, 46 Hyde Street in Norton. There's like over 100 stalls there, Farno. Get your Christmas prezies there. Epic Market on the 3rd of December. That's at Change Point Church in Tauranga 131, Puike Road, Tauranga Moana. Lots of fun for the family, that one. Brook B Twilight Christmas Market. That is 331 Bar 1 West Road, Brook B in Auckland. So it's a Christmas market for all young and old. Creative as beep. This is an event by Ivy Bar and Cabaret and Willie Smackintosh, 63 Cuba Street in Seattle, Wellywood. It's fa-la-la-la, it's festive AF. Um, so that's from 9pm onwards, Fano. For your Sunday, the two whole Rangi Whānau Day at Tupu Take Otawa. 
um, and that is by the tribal authority. So it's a Christmas, uh, before summer holidays, Christmas and Te Toho Pākehā. Go down to Te Pūtake o Tawa to enjoy kai prizes and stalls by two Haurangi-owned businesses, Whakapapa Kōrero and more. Cool. Also for your Sunday, First Credit Union Hamilton Christmas Parade. So that's happening on Anglesey Street. Um, the event is by Hamilton Christmas. So it's for Fano. They've got floats, Christmas cheer, Santa's little helpers. Big Fano event. Monday the 5th. Oh, 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 I've got to remember. This Sunday is the book club for December happening or the the Fano are gathering at the Hamilton Cosmopolitan Club, 32 Claudlands Road in Hamilton. Um, so get along there. That's the final book club read for 2022. Yes, yes. And they're also doing a ride. So that is hosted by uh, Waikato Queer Woman, WQW, Beyond the Binary. Uh, they're meeting up at the Cock and Bull English Pub. So going, sorry, they're going to do the cycle and then come back to the Cock and Bull to have a kai and a anu. That is for your Sunday. Rolling into your Monday the 5th, there's a community drop-in at Rainbow Hub Waikato, Level 1, 36 Bryce Street. That's from 3 to 5pm every Mondays. Tuesday the 6th of December is December Downtown Musicals. All I Want for Christmas at Navarra Lounge. There's basement 266 Victoria Street. Get your tickets from eventfinder.co.nz. Whānau, there is a No Minds protest at Parliament happening on Wednesday the 7th of December. Meet up at Molesworth Street in Wellington. Be safe out there, Whānau. COVID is still very rampant. Ah, still on your Wednesday, Hamilton Glow in the Dark. Paint Night Glow Wave at the Bank Bar and Brasserie. Paintvine.co.nz for your ticks. Thursday the 8th is Sunset Markets in Takapuna, 29 Hurstmere Road in Tuckers. And that is our lineup for your weekend, Fano, in terms of events. I just want to give some acknowledgements. Also, you would have heard um, the HRC rep talking about the victims of Club Q in Colorado. So I just want to give some acknowledgements to the whānau that have passed. So five people have been injured, uh, have passed away, and 25 injured. So lots of uh, support has poured in from across the world for our whānau. And if you want to support them then you can donate blood. You can send money through the uh, GoFundMe pages. And um, I think the other important thing also is around um, giving visibility and education to our whanau because there's been so much hate in regards to the general population. Spreading misinformation that our whānau looking to indoctrinate and corrupt children um, and this is anti-trans violence, this is this is bigotry, this is just violence in its form because there's lack of education and understanding 
um, so far know where and where possible, share the truth and share information with our wider wider communities so that they, they understand that we are humans and we're living as we are, authentically are. Hoi all that is all that we have time for whānau. I hope that you have a fabulous weekend wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whomever you're getting up to. Love, light and laughter out to you all. Remember, be safe on the streets and in the sheets. Condoms and lube are your, safe, are your safest form of protection. That is me for another show. We will catch you all up next week with more goodness. Sydney Light, that's me, Lady H, signing off. Ma te wa. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.